What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Benitez. And man, if you have not checked out, we just released our very first, I like how Andrea put it, face-to-face YouTube video. And we're going to continue with that. That's going to get a lot of momentum. We just started. Uh, I'm super excited about it. So go check it out. Go to our our YouTube channel. channel i believe it's what is it right it's truth underscore min m-i-n like a ministry or minimum or mini mouse whatever whatever it is so go truth underscore m-i-n go check out our very first video um i did a q a with drea and uh it was awesome i mean i watched it and uh i mean you know jesus is so amazing like sometimes i have to humble myself and really um I have to pay attention to what I'm saying because there's an awesome scripture for you ministers out there. You guys ready? The Bible says in Proverbs that the slothful man does not cook that which he has caught in hunting. I'm paraphrasing. So that's in Proverbs. The Bible says a slothful man, when he hunts something and he catches it, he doesn't cook it. Makes sense, right? But spiritually, you know, as ministers, pastors, teachers out there, we we labor in the word. We listen to teaching. We read. We pray, and not out of works, uh, but out of communion in a relationship. It's like me and it's like Dre and I, when we go eat, you know, steak or, or sushi or whatever. Um, it it'll be very upsetting to both of us if if we just you know, hey, this is something we have to do, Dre, Dre. I know you like sushi, so let's just go to sushi, you know, just for the heck of it. But no, we go, we have a good time, we have, we try different restaurants and all these things. Why? Because, you know, we enjoy, at least I'm speaking for myself, hopefully it's mutual, but we enjoy, we enjoy each other's presence, you know. And in the same exact manner, uh, when you, as a pastor, as a teacher, as a minister, when you labor in the word, when you read the word, this is something I want to impart to you guys as, as a leader in the church, I would say, is that when you, if you as a pastor or a teacher, and I'm just talking to those in the fivefold ministry, if you as a pastor and a teacher, if you go out and read the word and listen to teachings, offer the soul intention, though you may not say it with your mouth, your position in the heart, because remember, everything is spiritual. This is not external. This is not, we're not playing games here. We're not playing dress up. This is not a a dress rehearsal. Okay, everything is spiritual. Everything is within the heart. So when I say things, I'm I'm not talking about external. I'm talking intrinsically. So as a pastor, as a teacher, anyone called into ministry, if you study, if you read, if you you know study the Word of God for the sole purpose to preach, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing the entire point because only those who, and this is uh, out of grace, only those who have communed with the Lord, those who have an intimate relationship with the Lord, that's whom the Lord will share his secrets with. The Bible says that those who, in Proverbs, those who have understanding, knowledge comes easy to him or her. Why? Because it's, it's your heart position is one of meekness, teachability, and humility. You're not studying the Word of God to puff yourself up. You're not studying the Word of God to uh, impress, you know, the girl you're trying to date or the boy you're trying to date. 
whatever it is you, you're not studying the word you're not you're not doing that to impress people you're not doing that to impress your pastor you're not doing that you know i tell ethan a lot because ethan is the one who's who's uh, doing a lot of ministry in our team you're not you're not when you preach and when you teach you're not doing it to impress me you know with your revelation that's not that's not this is that's this is not a game People's lives are on the other the other end, and when you simply study the Word of God, when you simply read and learn of Jesus, the Bible says, "Learn of me." You know, without the intention to even preach, people receive that which you have learned, that which you know, the Word that has worked through your life, the sole intention of the word of God is to commune and to have a relationship with Jesus. So as a minister, the more your relationship with Jesus grows, the more spiritual impact you will have as a byproduct. Why? Because when you speak weight and glory, kabold, you know, the, the weight, the weightiness of a person's word, the one the, the weight that a person carries in their word is only given by God by grace. And that comes through intimacy with the Lord himself. It, it's not just, you know, and th this is why it's such a marvelous system of revelation is that w when you really just love Jesus, when you just want to learn about him, not even to puff yourself up, not even to one up your neighbor, not even to, to write a book, you know, not even to, to teach or to preach. But everything that I'm teaching here, and I say this all the time, there's nothing wrong with having notes, but I don't preach or teach with notes. I just preach from the overflow of what the Lord has shown in, shown me in my life. The word that has worked and is working through me and has worked in my life and is still working on me, is still pruning me, is still teaching me, is still humbling me, it's still helping me, it's still blessing me, it's still all these things. And I just teach out of that abundance. And, and you can tell... There's, there's impact in that. You know, this is not theory. This is not head knowledge. This is life and death here. You know, another person can say the same exact thing that I'm saying, but there, you know, it hasn't, that word hasn't worked through their lives. You have to make your revelation, you have to make the revelation yours. You can't uh, traffic in truths. I love what Pastor Prince said that. You cannot traffic in truths. You can, uh, you know, be a, a human trafficker. You know, there's human traffickers. We can be a truth trafficker. And that's, you know, when we went to previous, you know, Bible schools or whatever, that's a trend that I saw. That even the, this is how they were teaching. And this is, this is how they're teaching in Bible schools. And this Bible school, you know, is farly better than Methodists or Baptists and all these other ones that don't believe in, in healing and all these things. And even yet in this Bible school, this, they're still teaching on trafficking truths. Just, you know, read something, just paraphrase it a little bit. Uh, that way you don't get sued for copyright and just preach it. And there's no impact. And people's lives are not transformed because this is not a game. This is not dress rehearsal. This is lives on the line. And as a minister, I want to tell you as a leader within the church and help you that allow the Lord to work in your life first. Allow the Lord to help you. Allow the Lord to humble you down. Allow the Lord to show you your weak areas and then deliver you in those weak areas and then you preach out of that abundance preach out of that uh we don't preach simply on experience but your experience must align with the word of god and that is a powerful powerful combination people will, will people will feel that and people will receive that rather than just empty you know shallow 
uh, or hollow bullet because that's what it sounds like if we're just teaching out of just trafficking the truth we haven't made it ours we just do it because we want to impress all these things so i don't know why the lord brought that to me right now but i, I just want to speak and and tell those in the fivefold ministry that this is how we are to minister we are to minister out of that abundance of the relationship that we have already with jesus you know that is what what really delivers people and blesses people and heals people you you can tell a person who knows the lord and that honestly like john the apostle of love who was conscious of the lord's love for him when he got boiled in in oil he couldn't die he couldn't die so he could not die that he was just exiled to the island of patmos what was his quote-unquote secret secret it was his consciousness of the lord jesus love for him he understood that he was beloved he understood that he was a son of God, that he was a child of God. He began to practice the Lord's love for him. And that relate out of that abundance of that relationship, resurrection life flows. You know, Paul, the apostle, same exact thing. He was so conscious of the Lord's grace for, in his life. He was so conscious of the Lord's unconditional love for him. And not only that, but he was so grateful of the grace of God for his life, in his life as well. To the point where he could not die. He couldn't die. The quickest way to leave because he couldn't die because his life and his body was so full of resurrection life that he had to, you know, just deliver himself up to be a martyr. That's the quickest way to die. There is no way that sickness can grab, grab hold of his life. There's no way of weakness or aging because he was so full of resurrection life. Why? Because he prayed a lot. He did pray a lot, but that wasn't the reason. The reason why was because he was so conscious of the Lord Jesus. He, The Bible says, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's Paul the apostle, full of resurrection life. And all the Bible says that all he determined to know was Jesus Christ, to know him, to be a partaker of his suffering. Then and only then when we are partaker of his suffering, then we can become a partaker of his glory is knowing Jesus. This this is, uh, you know, Christianity. What is the, what are the first couple of letters in there? It's Christ. Christianity must be Christ centered. It's not centered on men's formulas. It's not centered on people's algorithms and all these things and keys. And and because we, we, we end up worshiping, just like the children of Israel, the bronze serpent, a provision instead of the provider. We end up worshiping the provision instead of the provider. That can be healing. We end up worshiping healing. We end up worshiping signs and wonders. We end up worshiping revival. We end up worshiping prosperity. We end up worshiping the anointing. We end up worshiping grace. But really, grace is a person. You see how subtle this can be? We end up worshiping wanting to learn so much about righteousness by faith, which I'm teaching about today, that we, end, that we forget that the entirety of the Bible is, point, is to point to one person. And honestly, like this is my heart's desire as, as a minister is that my eyes and ears have been opened and, there can, and I continue to ask the Lord to open my eyes even more. That I de I, I, my desire is for the world to realize how vain anything in the flesh is. Their trust in formulas 
their trust in systems, their trust in anything. The Bible says, for all flesh is as grass and it will wither away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is my heart's desire is for people to know Jesus and to realize that anything outside of Christ is vanity, that there is nothing, that there's nothing in this world that will fulfill you and satisfy your soul like Jesus himself. And not even, uh, it's not even uh, theories or religion about Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. You know, and th this is this is the position of this ministry. And if you're just joining us from the YouTube channel, this is we, we have this audio podcast, which is actually what we first started off with. I remember we, we started off the podcast on the uh, on the East Coast with we did what is religion. And that was an awesome, an awesome kind of a chaotic episode. And it was great. And we've been doing this. So if you join us from YouTube, we've been doing the audio podcast for how long? Maybe like nine months uh, consistently. And now we've ventured out into YouTube. Maybe you found us this way. But this audio podcast will continue on. I'm going to have Ethan do a lot of teachings. But this this podcast, I'll still jump on here and I'll utilize this platform to teach a little bit more deeper and in depth and longer. And I'll just be more free. I'm able to be more uh, comfortable. Why? Because I don't have a camera in my face. I can just sit down in my jammies with a beanie on and just teach. Is that okay? Um, so today I want to, I'm, I'm going to attempt by grace to go over righteousness by faith. Because this is something that the Lord has shown me in the last um, maybe two months, three months. And uh, it's amazing. So first of all, you might be, and this is probably where you are at. I can almost guarantee you. Well, if you, if you see someone teach about righteousness by faith, you're asking the question, well, what the heck does this have to do with me? Like how, for instance, if you're dealing with sickness in your mind or in your body, how does knowing about being righteous by faith help you? Because I had that question, right, Dre? Like, it's like, all right, so uh, my marriage, I'm just using the scenario, my marriage is freaking amazing, praise the Lord. But my marriage is going down the dump. How in the world is listening to you, Anthony, teach about righteousness by faith? How is that going to help me? Or my teenage son keeps smoking weed in the bathroom I know about it. He thinks I don't know about it, but he he still does it, and I don't know how to confront him. Like real life problems. As a minister, you're here to serve the people, not yourself. That's that's great. Write that down. As a minister, you know what minister means? It means to serve. You're a servant. You're 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 serving people. You're not a servant of people. You're a servant of Christ to the people. You're a servant of Christ to the people. So you're here to serve the people. You're not here to serve your interest. You're not here to serve your own pocketbook. You're not here to serve your own uh, puffed up mind. So how in the world does me learning about righteousness by faith, how is this going to help me in my life? You know, I just got laid off, Anthony. How is this going to help me? You ready? So uh, I'm going to give you this analogy. You ever heard about uh, the, like, there's a, there's a story. I don't even know the, the title of it, but I'm just going to tell you the story. So it's, it's story time. So sit down. 
and listen up to this amazing story. There's a story about this uh, this cat. This cat was told that the blessings are in its tail. So the cat, like Stephanie, she has a, a cat or two or 25. <laughs> the cat, you know, let's say Hendrix, right? Because I think that's, that's Stephanie's name, uh, Stephanie's uh, cat name. Let's say Hendrix was told, hey, the blessings, which include healing, which include marital restoration, which include prosperity and success in your business, which include peace in your mind, which include a strong household. All these blessings are in the cat's tail. So the cat was told this, right? Hey, everything that you want in life is in your tail. So the cat was like, okay. So then for the longest, for like over two weeks, the cat was spending and exhausting its entirety of its day running in circles chasing the tail you ever seen a dog or a cat chase its tail they don't then i mean i think i don't know about cats but i have a dog so the dog chases its its tail and it never catches it it never catches it and that is uh that, that is an amazing amazing parable so the cat's told hey everything you can ever want in life it's in your tail Okay, great. For two weeks, it, it exhausted itself chasing its tail around. And then finally, it gave up. It gave up and by faith, it just walked away. Because faith is resting. Faith is, I'm not doing anything anymore. It's done. So the cat said, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. And it walked away. To its pleasant surprise, the tail, which encompassed every single blessing it can ever want in life, followed it. So a lot of times, so righteousness, the blessing of a righteous person includes everything you can ever want in life. The blessing of a righteous person includes peace for your mind. The blessing of a righteous person includes a healed and strong, youthful body. The blessing of a righteous person includes a strong marriage. The blessing of a righteous person includes a household where your children love the Lord wholeheartedly a blessing of the righteous includes wealth and health prosperity youthfulness great relationships great friendships all these things so when we understand righteousness because here's here, here, here's what happens we sense a symptom in our body or we sense something going wrong in our life and what we do is we chase after the solution if it's sickness, we, we inundate ourselves with healing, you know, sermons and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, there's a higher way. If, you know, this is what I used to do. You're tormented in your mind. This is literally, so you cannot tell me this is, this, this is not true because I've done it. I've walked in, in these shoes. So, so if you're tormented in your mind, you spend the entire day focusing on that. You spend the entire day praying against that. You spend the entire day listening to sermons about the battlefield of the mind. Are these th are these sermons bad? No. Or if you know your bank account is just ticking, ticking, ticking to negative, and it's getting into the red, you spend the entire day focusing on it, and you spend the entire day listening about you know finance. I've been there. I, I literally, I've literally been there. I, I remember I drove to a parking lot and out of desperation, I sowed a seed and I said, Lord, did, I, I've been there. You can't tell me this is not true. You cannot tell me this is not true. You have to be honest with yourself. 
but there's a higher way and if you have to, if you would be honest with yourself every single time you chase after that uh, solution it, it seems to like the the cat and the tail it seems to just kind of diminish away it seems like you're chasing a moving target why is that because we're in works subconsciously because the truth is it is finished the truth that's grace the bible says therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace that the promise what promise the blessing of abraham that promise of everything the the complete wholeness the complete blessing of your entire life spirit soul and body relationships tangible intangible that's the blessing of abraham that promise is manifested in your life the bible says in romans therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace it is of faith that it might be by grace so every single time there's an issue in our lives the flesh will focus on it because the flesh loves evil so it'll be obsessive with it and it'll focus on it so much and then it'll focus on it so much that that it's like it becomes an identity so to speak it becomes an identity of this is just who i am i'm just a disabled person i'm and, and i see this a lot i see this a lot where, where people are a they, it's like their it becomes an identity to them. That's why Jesus had to tell the man who was lame from his mother's womb for 38 years, do you want to be well? And I'm asking you today, do you want to be made whole? Are you done being the sick person? Are you done being the... Uh, this, is, this is the question that, I, that the Lord asked me. He asked me this question, so I have to ask you. Are you done being the person full of anxiety all the time? Are you done being the person whose relationships are just up, down? Are you done with the person who's always sad, who's always insecure? Are you done? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Because a lot of the times is that we don't realize that the flesh loves this. The flesh is, is gravitated to these evils, to this negativity. And it's like, all right, if there's an issue in, your, in our lives, we become so magnetic towards it but the higher way is this so why does learning about righteousness by faith how is that going to help me because this is the only way out this is the only way the bible says this, bible says, this is the way to inherit everything the blessing of abraham encompasses everything that you're praying for whether it's you know family relationship marital blessings whether it's pocketbook blessings whether it's physical mental whatever it is everything that you can think of that you're praying for is encompassed encompassed encapsulated in other words it is inside of righteousness think of righteousness as a money bag i mean this is just my illustration think of righteousness as a money bag and inside that money bag you have denominations of c notes of a hundred dollar bills you have a fifty dollar bill a twenty dollar bill a five dollar bill whatever it is and all those denominations of bills there that's healing that's peace that's money that's prosperity that's health that's wealth that's success that's that's uh children uh you know being made whole all this stuff is inside of righteousness and that is the only way to receive it because it is only by faith through grace that is the only way to receive everything in this life as a christian on this side of heaven the bible says it is in, without faith it is impossible to please god so let's 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 start here what is faith i've talked about this before faith is not some atomic bomb that you exercise willingly that you 
you know, strenuously, you know, you have a, a, a sweat coming down because you're praying in tongues so loud. All, that's not it. That's not faith. That's works. That's actually unbelief. What is faith? Faith actually, according to Galatians, faith is actually a fruit of the spirit. In yourself, you have no faith. Your natural mind, you ever try to have faith? Like Dre, you, you ever try to have faith? And the more faith you try to have, the more like you, you like have faith. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. And then, and then at the end, you're like, do I really believe? Do I really receive? Am I really like, do I believe? Is there faith here? Because the more you try to have faith, the more unbelief manifests. Why? Because in yourself, your natural mind, has, you have no ability to believe God. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. But the Bible says the natural mind is an enemy against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed will it ever be subject to God. It is an enemy, actively hostile against God. So your logic, your, your, you, you can logic your way out of the blessing. So faith is not even uh, something that we in ourselves do or have, so to speak. According to Galatians, faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, what is this fruit of the Spirit? What is the Spirit? Every time the word Spirit is mentioned in Galatians, it's talking about grace. Galatians is talking about law versus grace. So faith in of itself, is it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not even, it's not even your faith. The Bible says in Galatians, that the life that we live in this flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God. We live by Jesus' faith, not our faith. It is His faith that we live by. So faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith only comes by resting. So faith is resting. Faith is not something that you exercise yourself, you know, building yourself. I know it's that building yourself up in your most holy faith. What does that mean, Anthony? Whenever you pray in tongues, you're... you're you are literally uh, giving up because at, you know for the first five minutes, your mind is trying to uh, convince you that you're just crazy. But after a while, your mind is just like is just like a, on default mode. It's just on still on standby. So, building yourself up in your most holy faith is literally you resting. Because your mind is not thinking anymore. Your mind is not the one in charge. Your natural mind is not the one in charge. So you're, what are you doing when you're praying in tongues? You're supposed to just be at rest. You're supposed to just sit there and pray and be conscious of the Lord's love for you. So you're literally just getting out of the way. That is why the Bible says building yourself up in your most holy faith. Because you just get out of the way. Faith is resting. When you pray in tongues for a long time, you, you should feel at rest. There's something wrong if you feel continuously, you know, strenuous. Of course, for the first couple of minutes, it does feel that way. But after a while, you, you should feel like, you know, you're just, you're just flowing, like just rivers of living water. So faith is resting. Faith is actually a fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians. So righteousness by faith. If you read Romans chapter 4, actually even Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I'm not going to read it all. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. The Paul does such an amazing job by the Spirit of God contrasting works and faith. The law and faith. The law and faith. For instance, Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then? That our Father, as pertaining to the flesh. What does that mean? As pertaining to his works. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our Father, 
as pertaining to the works or his works has found. Verse 2. Why? Because this is why faith of flesh is talking about works. Verse 2. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Listen to this. Not to him who works is the reward not of grace, but it is considered debt. But to him who does not work, but simply believes on him who makes righteous the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Verse 6, even as David described the blessedness of the man whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. And there, I mean, it continues for like chapter 3, 4. I really encourage you to go read it. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Romans is 16 chapters. It, it, it's, it's the backbone of Romans, which Romans is the manifesto of Christianity. And the entirety of the time, it is, it is, it doesn't stop here. There's only six verses. It doesn't stop here. It makes a, con a very clean and stark contrast between works and faith, works and faith, works and faith, unbelief and faith. And the Bible says, working is unbelief. Faith is resting. Law versus faith. The law is not of faith. To him who works not, but simply believes, his faith is counted for righteousness. The Bible says in Romans uh, chapter 11, that the righteousness of the law says this, that the man who does these things shall, shall live by these things. In other words, you want to know something so subtle? The man who, count, who relies on his praying every single day to receive blessings, you shall live by that. And not only that, but the law doesn't doesn't just you know ask you for one thing. The minute you put your heart, your position of your heart into a demand, this is why you get stressed out. This is why you get stressed out. Why, why would you get stressed out? Because why? Do, because you're looking to yourself, and that is putting yourself under the law. And you have literally now. The Bible says that the man who does these things shall live by them. Every single demand of the law is not going to just stop in that little demand that you've put yourself under. Now you're going to feel a demand for everything. And the Bible says the righteousness which is of God is from faith to faith in the beginning of Romans. So the righteousness of faith is a contrast. It is a stark contrast against righteousness by the law, righteousness by works. So what does that mean? What does that mean to me? as a Christian in my everyday life. Righteousness by work by works is you looking to yourself, you subconsciously relying on your daily practices, on your intellectualism, on your good looks, on your bad looks, on your uh, youthfulness, on your, you know, your bench pressing 300 pounds. Any, the Bible says, whosoever puts his trust on the flesh is cursed is he cursed from god no but whenever you put your trust on the flesh you have put yourself under the law we're moving it does include the 10 uh, commandments but we are moving past these things and we are looking intrinsically because that is just a visual aid for us to see what is a reality spiritually so righteousness by works the bible says that israel they have a zeal for God, but they being ignorant of the righteousness of God, 
have gone about to establish their own righteousness. And because of this, the Bible says they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. And the Bible says the righteousness of the law is in complete contrast to the righteousness of faith. That is why the Bible calls Jesus as our righteousness a stumbling stone laid in Zion, a rock of offense. You know, I remember teaching about this in Bible school, but I was a student. The rock of offense is Jesus as our righteousness. Why is that, why is that offensive to people? Because it's, it's, it's telling you that, like for instance, like uh, I, I wanna just use this illustration. Let's say if you're out trying to close a deal, it's telling you that, hey, none of your uh, natural accolades have none of your your natural accolades those things which you trust your materialism your 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 diplomas none of this stuff is uh attributing to your success it is the grace of God upon your life. It is not of your works. Romans 11, if it's of works, it's no more grace. If it's grace, it's no more works. So the rock of offense, Jesus as our righteousness, is very offensive to Christians and to the world in general because the flesh wants to do something. The flesh wants to have a part into something. The flesh wants something to boast about. The flesh wants to have some disciplines. The, the flesh wants to do something. I remember this, and this is like going to stick to my heart forever. We gave, my wife and I, we gave this book to my mother-in-law that says, you already have it. And the next weekend we stopped by and she said, and I was like, how's the book going? And she said, I don't like it. If it, it tells me I already have it, but I need something to tell me what to do. That's the flesh. And that's in every one of us, not just my mother-in-law. It's in every one of us because the flesh wants something to do. The flesh wants, you know, what, what I need to do. And it's, and it's when we realize this, and even so subconsciously, us that we understand grace, that we begin to put even our trust in prayer. We put our trust in reading the Bible. We put our trust in, in listening to sermons. I spoke to Ethan today, and I, and I said this gen very sincerely. I, he, I was like, how are you doing, bro? And then he asked me, and I said, I'm feeling very alive, more, more alive than youthful than ever. And he said, well, what have you been listening to? And I said, nothing. And that's the truth. I haven't listened to any sermons today. I only listened to, you know, mine on YouTube. That's just to kind of make sure I, I didn't like, you know, spit a gum out or something. But I, it's, it's, it's very backwards. And he's like, well, this is so backwards. I said, yes, because it's like, it, it's, it's, we don't realize how much trust we have put in these religious things, even under grace. So whenever you feel stressed out, you're putting your, you're, you are putting yourself in the seat of God. You're being antichrist. When you're, whenever you're stressed out, you're being anti-Christ. Why? Anti means in place of Christ. Christ is the one who is doing everything in your life. And the minute that we look to ourselves, that is the righteousness by works. That is righteousness by the law. So every single bondage comes from that. Every bondage comes from unbelief. So if there's sickness, if there's uh, whatever it is, every bondage comes from unbelief. So what we must realize is that when we, when we understand that we are righteous by faith, we are righteous by resting. We are righteous by not doing. We are righteous by simply just sleeping and chilling out. Just do nothing. We are righteous by faith. We are not righteous according to our intrinsic 
inner workings. We're not righteous because we pray. We're, you know, your business is not going to be blessed because you pray it in. Your business is blessed. You ask of God, but it is given to you by grace. That deal is not going to close because of, you know, everything. You, you crossed your T's. You dotted your I's. Everything was done was done immaculately. No, your, that deal is closing because of the grace of God. And when you realize that you get out of the way, you confess I'm righteous by faith. You confess that you are righteous by resting. Faith is resting. You get out of the way intrinsically, subconsciously, within your heart. Because I'm telling you, whenever we look to ourselves, there is fear and, and fear would drive us. We saw it during the pandemic. Fear drives you to do crazy freaking things. You put yourself in the fight or flight mode. I've seen this. I've experienced, I, I've experienced this. That whenever someone, like for instance, if there's a husband and wife and all of a sudden the husband or the wife gets kind of like snappy. Nine out of, actually 10 out of 10 times, something within their hearts something within that spouse's heart they began to stress about something whether it's work whether it's this whether it's that and they looked to themselves and then they became very short-tempered and then your people who are very angry are people who are under the law because you're in constant demand like a slave being asked you must do this what must i do i need to read i need to pray i need to stay in my word i need to do this i need to make sure i listen to one hour a day of teaching i need to do this 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 but why 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 are these religious ordinances your god or is jesus your lord is are you righteous by your works are you righteous by the law because the Bible says the law works wrath and those who are righteous by the law, if you put your position into these things, you will have to live by these things. And it's not it's not just one commandment. The, the law request and not only request, but it demands perfection. So the minute we put we put our focus upon ourselves. That is when the fear and the condemnation comes in because the law has nothing else to do, but it, it is perfect. It will condemn you. You know, the minute you put yourself under the law, you come under condemnation immediately. You come under the curse immediately. Why? Why? The Bible says them that are of the works of the law are under the curse. Why do you come under the curse immediately why do you get condemned immediately the the minute the moment i should say the moment you put your heart into a heart posture of demand and you look to yourself and you start to focus on self you are immediately under condemnation why it's not from god but the law will condemn you and your your own soul will condemn you why because the law you have to understand in ourselves we're not perfect and the law is perfect the law is a perfectionist the law is holy it is perfect it is good it is just it is right the law is perfect it is from god it's not from the devil it is from god it is perfect but we as human beings even in our fallen bodies though we're born again we're we're still uh there's still uh we're imperfect i don't know how else to tell you we're imperfect there's, if you don't sin uh Externally, you sin within. Fear, the Bible says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Doubt, unbelief, not trusting God for whatever it is. And whatever, when the minute, the moment that we put ourselves under the law, the law condemns us because in ourselves, it has to do it. 
because we're not perfect. The law can cannot budge or else it would not be the law. That's why when we put our trust within ourselves, when we subconsciously look to ourselves, the law comes in and it must condemn. It must condemn. It, it will not be the law if it does not condemn. And it cannot but condemn. It cannot help but condemn us. Why? Because it is it is evil. Absolutely not. Because it is perfect and we have a fallen. Uh, we have a, we're in this fallen world. We don't have a fallen nature. But we're in this fallen world and we we don't we're not perfect. We our minds are still coming to understanding and revelation and we don't think right at times, nine out of ten times. Unbelief, whatever is not of faith is sin. It's not just sex. It's not just lust. Enough with that. It, it's it's includes that, but it's unbelief. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's doubting. That's the biggest sin is unbelief. The Bible says that in Romans that God called the children of Israel. Uh, evil people or gainsaying people. Why? Because, not because, yes, because they were committing adultery, but that, that wasn't what he was focusing on in the entire epistle in Romans 11. He, what he was focusing on was the fact that they were in unbelief. They, they didn't believe that it was finished. So when we work, we're saying it's not finished. When, when we work in, internally, we're saying it's not finished. It's not fi I don't believe you. I don't believe that it, that it has been paid for and finished on the cross. Therefore, I must do something. I must work to get my healing. I must work to get healed. I must work to get blessed. I must work to get rich because I'm not rich. I'm not healed. I'm, that, that is the position that we are taking when we become so introspective and we look to ourselves. So... This is the reason why understanding righteousness by faith is so important. Because we have to understand that everything we can ever ask for in this life, it, it, one, it has already been given to us. Ephesians chapter 1. But how to receive that? And I'll leave you guys with this. Romans chapter 5. Was it 5 or 4? I mean, everything is just... I've been reading this and it's just everything is so... Okay, there we go. It's actually Romans chapter 4, I believe. Uh, I don't know, but I'll find it. But just Google it. How about that? The Bible says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Oh, there you, there you go. I'm looking at it right now. Duh. Romans four sixteen. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. The verse before that, the Bible says, Because the law works wrath. And even before that, the Bible says, For if they which are of the law be heirs, then, then faith is void, and the promise is made of no effect. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. What is this saying? It's talking about Abraham. It's talking about the blessing of Abraham. It's talking about how to rule and reign in this life. And the Bible says, It is by the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. Why? Why is the gift of righteousness the key to reigning in life because everything has been finished and the only way to receive your inheritance as an heir right now is therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace that is something you must understand and, and have a revelation on it is a faith that it might be by grace if you're trying to get rich you're doing it by the works of the law so what do you want me to do anything do you want me to stop working no I want you to work, but you work from the position of rest. You work knowing that all things have, have been given to you. Like Jesus, the Bible says, knowing that 
with knowing that all things were given to him by the Father into his hands, knowing that he was going back to be with the Father, he stooped down and washed the disciples' feet. When Same exact thing. When you understand that everything has already been given, that's why Romans 11 verse 6 is so important. If it's of grace, it's no more of works. If it's of works, it's no more of grace. To receive anything in this life, it is of faith by grace. In the next chapter, therefore, we have access to this grace by faith. You have access. Everything is by grace, right? What is the access card? You go to the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. They give you a hotel key. You go to a, you have a, a penthouse suite. How do you, so you pay for it, right? Or someone else paid for it already. You have you have this penthouse suite under your name because someone else already paid for it. They paid $25,000 a night. So now you go upstairs here. Here's your, uh, you know, your, your room is actually 555-555. Okay, cool. You go up to 555 floor and you go out the door, but the door won't open. Why wouldn't it open? Did someone pay for this hope for this suite? Yes. Is it under your name now? Yes. Do you, does it belong to you? Yes. Inside that suite, you have all types of amenities. Everything belongs to you. It belongs to you, right? Yeah. But why can't you get in there? Why can't you? Why can't you open the door? Because the access key is faith. The Bible says, therefore, we have access to this grace by faith. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Therefore, if the, if the promise was made by the righteousness of works, then faith is made void and the promise of no effect. But it was given to Abraham by promise. Therefore, it, was, it is of faith that it might be by grace. We have access to this grace by faith. What is faith? Faith is not, again, not some spiritual exercise. Faith is resting. Faith is doing nothing. Why? Because faith is it's done if it's done then believe it and if you believe it then you're at rest if you don't believe it then you're working internally to produce it because you don't believe that it has been produced for you don't believe that it has been paid for so therefore you work for it because you don't believe that it's done but if you believe that it is finished, if you believe that it is done, then you don't have anything to do. Grace, gracias, uh, caris. You know what? You know what grace, thanks means. If I, if Drea buys me a Rolex, a Submariner gold uh, Rolex, she gives it to me, right? She bought it on her black card. She gives it to me, and I say thanks. Grace is thanks. So that means some. That means she already paid for that Submariner Rolex. She already paid for it for, on her own dime. I don't have to pay for it, you know. So if she's already paid for it, what do I? Ha what is left for me to do but to say thanks? That's why when someone gives you a gift, like if I give my wife a gift and, and she's like, "Well, you know, how much is it? You shouldn't have." And that's being prideful. You don't humble yourself to receive a gift, and that is the core of flesh. Flesh humanity that wants to work for everything. So grace means thanks, thanksgiving. It's in, it's very interesting. Jerry was telling me this the other day. In I believe it's in what I don't know Colossians or some one of the epistles. The Bible says that your faith is made strong by thanksgiving. Why? Why? Why is your faith made strong by thanksgiving? When you give thanks, you're saying it's done. Like she, if she gave me that Submariner Rolex, I, and I say thanks, that means it's paid for. 
if I if I freak out and be like, baby, what'd you do? Let me go work for her. Who do I have to beat up? Who do I have to pay? That means that I don't believe that she paid for it. And she's like, no, here's the receipt, Anthony. Look, it was $29,522. This is how much I paid for this Submariner Railix. Look, it's yours. I paid for it, baby. Here you go. I bought it for you. Happy Valentine's Day. Here, here you go. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So instead of me saying thanks, instead of me being thankful because it is done, because someone purchased it for me, I begin to be in works. In the same exact way, the way to access that sweet, the way to access this grace, because everything is by grace. By grace do you receive your inheritance. Everything is by grace. It is righteousness of faith. Faith is simply resting. So faith is the access card. When you, when you believe that it is finished, and this is why preaching the cross is so important. Because when we preach the cross, it is as a minister, I, I'm not here to preach to you anything else but Jesus Christ and his cross and his cross and everything that has been finished and paid. Because that is what you see. And when you see, you rest and say, okay, if that's what Jesus paid for, then I receive it by faith, not by working. So I want to leave you guys with that, that it, it's it's super it's like a revelation. I don't know. I don't know how was to to kind of you know say it, but I was just like you. Well, how is righteousness by faith? How is that going to help me? Because the core of your dilemma is unbelief. That was from the Lord. That's good. How is righteousness by faith supposed to help you? Because the core of every dilemma in life is unbelief. You don't believe it's done. You don't believe it's finished. You don't believe that everything that everything has been done and you just simply say thanks that's grace. Thanks if you if I tell someone thank you that means something was done. You know? Like if I walk walk up to someone randomly and I just say thank you. They're like what did I do? Or what did I give you? Because you don't tell someone thanks which means grace unless something has been done. Do you know what I'm saying? So when when we understand that righteousness of faith, we are righteous by faith, and you confess that. You confess it because the word the, the spirit of faith speaks. Confess. Confess I'm righteous by faith. When you feel turmoil internal, confess I'm righteous by faith. Why? Because internally your soul is looking to do something. If you're at peace, your soul's like, wait a minute, why is why are we so quiet? Why are we so peaceful? Right now, we're just talking about this. Why are we so peaceful? Now, I need to do something. That's the way your soul starts to speak. And you confess, I'm righteous by faith. I'm righteous by faith. That means you're telling your soul, hey, it's been done. There's nothing for me to do. I'm under grace. I'm righteous by faith, and I'm under grace. And that is how you to receive your inheritance. It is of faith by grace. Faith and grace. Faith is resting. It's not working. The opposite of faith is actually working. The Bible says the law is not of faith. So we don't live by the law. We live by faith. The opposite of righteousness of works is righteousness of faith. What's the opposite of working? What's the opposite of works? It's resting, doing nothing internally. In the same exact manner, this is the key to everything. And I pray right now as I close that the Lord himself will give you this understanding. But as those those who are hunger who are, are very hungry and thirsty, the Lord will show you. And this is so beautiful because this is this is how revelation works. Is that uh, someone can be listening to me and just 
freaking like space cadet and doing and like not and just over over the head but another person whose heart has been threshed a lot of times through suffering their heart is open to receive and at that moment you begin to understand and it makes sense it makes sense and that boom light get ready everything will begin to manifest in your life and a lot of the times i i, I see why i i really like i i i see why the lord <laughs> has to prune us and a lot of times whether you like it or not allows us to go through suffering because the flesh is is such that if there's not like if if there's nothing wrong you're not if you're not thirsty if you're if you think you're you're not thirsty you're not going to search for water but if the rug from from beneath you gets pulled if things start to shake in your life you will start to search this is the beauty like a oxen there's little prods that the farmer pushes at the at the oxen and pricks at the oxen in order for the oxen to move in the same exact way those pricks in life i'm not talking about your religious pastor those those pricks in life your sufferings the lord uses to thresh and soften your heart i've seen people without that that uh, that reject the suffering of the lord that reject pruning and there's nothing there's no weight about them they don't they haven't grown they they, have, they reject a correction why because it, it's only through the threshing of your soul will the seed be planted otherwise i can be talking i can be telling you this key to your breakthrough right now but your your heart is just hard because you don't think that you need it so suffering will come and then at that time when you're suffering then you're like all right i need i need the solution i'm very thirsty now i want to receive and then it's there and then it becomes revelation so in the same exact manner man i i pray right now that this blessed you and really uh, i'm i tried by grace to really just deliver this because the, it's 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 hard it's hard to explain natural things i mean spiritual things with natural english so i pray even now and i know that the holy spirit will quicken this to you and enlighten this to you everything is by faith through grace confess you're righteous by faith confess i'm under grace when you feel anxious when you feel like you need you need to feel stressed out when you feel unbelief when you feel angry because angry is just a symptom of unbelief anger is just a symptom of being under the law insecurity is a symptom of being under the law because the law is about you you shall not you shall not you shall not you need to do this you need to do this you need to stop doing this don't do this you look to yourself and it'll reap death because in us dwells no good thing but when you look to jesus and you understand and you confess i'm righteous by faith i'm under grace i'm the righteousness of god by faith i'm righteous in christ and it's by faith without works keep confessing it keep confessing your under grace keep listening to teachings like this keep listening to preachers who unveil the finished work of the cross and i'm telling you when the seed goes into the soil the harvest doesn't come immediately that's the patience that the bible talks about in romans chapter 5 the harvest does not come immediately that's where the tribulation and the waves come to distract you to try to tell you it's not true but the bible says but tribulation works patience 
and patience experience and experience hope and hope does not make us does not make one ashamed why because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit notice that that is placed right in the middle of righteousness by faith why because when you receive this understanding the harvest is not going to come forth immediately there's a little uh middle ground a buffer that's called patience and in that middle middle ground between righteousness by faith revelation and the harvest that middle ground is called patience and a lot of tribulation will probably come the, the enemy in your flesh will throw symptoms at you contrary to what you have just understood so that you would fall in unbelief but that is where perseverance and patience comes in and i'll close with this the bible says be followers of them of them who through what faith and patience inherit the promises be followers of them who through faith which equals resting and patience why do you need patience because you're waiting waiting for what galatians chapter 6 says wait for the manifestation or the hope of righteousness which is by faith so there's a middle there's a waiting there's a waiting game here going on the seed is planted but the harvest comes next season what are you going to be believing in that time of waiting in that time of testing in the time of the waves hitting you in the times of the symptoms that are contrary to what you ha have just learned what will you believe will you persevere by simply being patient and realizing the word of god is true and these symptoms are a lie and then the harvest will come forth or will you be hasty like abraham and sarah and bring forth an ishmael so i'll leave you guys with that righteousness by faith you are righteous by faith you are under grace and when you realize that there's nothing left for you to do there's something for you to believe though and believe what believe it is finished where on the cross of christ so with that i'll see you in the next one hey guys we want to thank you for tuning in we pray that this quickened your heart if you'd like to give a one time or become a monthly partner visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you by grace through faith.